The Word of God this morning comes from Matthew chapter 18. Gospel of Matthew chapter 18. It's on uh, page 1027 of the Pew Bibles. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. And notice the change here uh, in verse 6 from the little child to little ones, uh, little ones of faith. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin or to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be thrown in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that has wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The famous children's book, Charlotte's Web, begins with, Friend's father going to the hog house with an axe to kill a pig that was born small and weak. Since this type of pig does not amount to anything in the farm's industry, Friend's papa decided to put an end to its life. But upon hearing what's about to happen to the pig, Friend stopped what she was doing and she pushed a chair out of, out of the way and she ran outdoors. Please don't kill it. She sobbed. It's unfair. And Mr. Arable, Fern's papa, stopped walking. Fern, he said gently, you'll have to learn to control yourself. Control myself? yelled Fern. This is a matter of life and death, and you talk about controlling myself. And just like Fern caring for the life of a newborn pig that was born small and weak, in today's text, we find Jesus teaching his disciples 
not to look down on the little ones in the community. When we look at the beginning of today's text, it starts out with the disciples asking Jesus who the greatest is in God's kingdom. They were concerned about who would be at the top. And inwardly, the disciples were waiting to hear their name. They were waiting for Jesus to say, John, Peter, Matthew, you'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But as we read in the passage, Jesus gives them an answer that surprised them all. Pointing to a little child among them, he tells them that unless they change and become like little children, they will never enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were questioning their ears. What? Become like little children? They are weak and useless. No, that's how children were perceived at that time. And to these confused disciples, in verse 6, Jesus warns them that whoever causes one of the little ones who believe in him to stumble, it would be better for them to be thrown to the sea with millstone hung around their neck. Then in verse 10, Jesus tells them again, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. And I think this time the disciples were not only confused, but also angry. What is Jesus talking about? Who is this little one? And the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, you'll have to learn to control yourself. And I think Jesus would have responded like Fern, Control myself? This is a matter of life and death. And you talk about controlling myself. Yet, uh, seeing the confusion of his disciples, Jesus begins to tell them a parable. There once was a shepherd in rural Philistine who owned a hundred sheep. And he loved his sheep dearly because they were doing life together. The shepherd took them out to the pasture every day. You know, they would eat together, work out together, and even take naps together. And the shepherd knew them so well that he would even cut their hair into the hairstyles that each of them liked. And on one sunny afternoon, the shepherd was looking for Baba because it was about time for him to get his mohawk haircut. However, Baba was nowhere to be found. Baba! Baba! The shepherd called his name several times, but no response came back. You know, he looked to the other sheep looking for help, but they just stared at him sheepishly. (laughs) Actually, uh, they saw Baba wander off when they were drinking water by the river, but they did not really care. You see, Baba was a weakling. He was the smallest of the hundred sheep. And he wasn't that good-looking, and he didn't smell that great either. He was one of those sheep that always had stuff dangling on their hair. And he was the one to fall behind, and one who made the whole group wait several times. And if one was to sell it in the market, Baba would be the last one to be sold. And you know, plus, missing one out of a hundred wasn't really a big deal. Jesus was teaching his disciples through this parable that Baba is the little ones in the community, little ones in the church who are stumbling and wandering away in their faith. 
The little ones are members in the church and the community who are in danger of abandoning their commitment to Jesus. And if they continue to wander away, Jesus is saying that they would be in danger of perishing. And the disciples instantly knew who these little ones were. You know, they remembered a Gentile brother who they have looked down upon because he came to church like twice a year and he always sat all the way at the back and never took off his baseball hat during the entire service. They remembered a Sumerian sister who they judged and despised because she was always drenched in the smell of cigarette and alcohol. They remembered a Jewish young man who they ignored and judged because he always doubted and questioned the teachings given by the church. The disciples have not seen them for a couple months or some of them for a couple years, but they did not really care. You know, those people were not even that involved in the life of the church. Perhaps it was better for the church that they were gone. I think we like to think that we are not like the disciples, that we in love and grace embrace all people and that we represent the body of Christ. But truth be told, right? No. In fact, we are just like the disciples. We, just like the disciples, forget that we too, at times or oftentimes, wander away. We grow negligent to the fact that we too fall into moments of doubt, that we too are prone to sin. And when we hear the question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We may not like raise our hand right away, but I think we secretly expect to hear our name. And, and we like to put ourselves in the place of righteous. And from there, we begin to judge and point fingers to those who wander away. And even when someone's missing, we're comfortable with the way how our church looks. In fact, sometimes we do not even know that someone has wandered away. We pretend that what we say and do do not really have impact on other people. We do that in our personal life, and we often do that in our also corporate church life. We pretend that what we do doesn't have impact on other people, when in fact, we might be the ones pushing them farther away. For the past few years, I have been involved in leading a camp called My Story in God's Story. And I met one girl during this camp in Korea back in 2013. And let's call her Yena. Now, I was assigned as Yena's small group leader. And Yena was a sixth grade student who was obsessed with TV stars and with media. And during the entire camp, Yena gave me and the whole staff a hard time. She was the meanest student that you could ever imagine. And from the first day, she talked about how she hated the camp and how she hated her parents for making her attend this camp. And in our small group meetings, she would pay no attention whatsoever to what I was saying, and she would wear her earphone and distracted the whole class. Yena would say to me and to all the people in the camp, 
that Christianity was all false and that God was not alive. And although she was raised in a Christian home and in a Christian school, she somehow became bitter towards God and others. She was clearly wandering away in her faith, but she did not want to be bothered by anyone. She hated God, she hated her family, and hated everything. And I was tempted in so many ways to just ignore her and to let her go. The sheep that was wandering off was unattractive. By a world standard, she did not seem to give any benefit to the community. She was not even that interested in the camp nor in her, in her church. You know, perhaps it was better for her to leave. And the disciples in today's passage thought the same way. They did not care that the little ones were wandering off. They thought that it was not a big deal to lose one out of a hundred. It was only one percent. However, it was a big deal for the shepherd in today's passage. It was a matter of life and death. In today's parable, the shepherd leaves the 99 just to find Baba, the one that has wandered away. And Jesus continues in telling the parable. The shepherd literally left, his, left the remaining flock behind since he was so earnestly concerned about the one that has been lost. He was willing to risk all that he had for the sake of the one that has wandered away. It was starting to get dark outside, but he did not really care whether he was more worried about Baba who would be shivering in the dark. Baba, Baba, where are you? The shepherd tried, tried his best to recall the places that he and his flock have been to throughout the day. And he checked the hillside, and there was nothing. And he checked the pasture, and there was nothing. And he checked, lastly, the shepherd checked the river, though it was the least likely place to find Baba because he was not close with water at all. And once again, there was nothing. And when he was about to set out to make another round to all these places, he hears something. And this sound was coming from the cave by the river. And the shepherd immediately ran with all his might. And there he finds Baba curled up in the cave crying. And as soon as he sighted Baba, the shepherd ran over and hugged his sheep. The shepherd has finally found his sheep. His feet were all blistered and bloody from running around all day, but he did not really care because he could not be happier. And in today's parable, in today's text, Jesus tells his disciples that finding and caring for the little ones is a big deal for God as well. The Father in heaven is concerned about what is going on here on earth, even about the little ones. In fact, especially about the little ones. His angels are caring and looking out for those who are lost on earth. 
And after telling them the parable of the wandering sheep, Jesus says to his disciples, Just like the shepherd, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. To God, this is a matter of everlasting life and everlasting death. Sisters and brothers in Christ, our God is not passive, just waiting for people to approach him after they get their lives all fixed and all clean and, in all, and all, all in order. Our God is a seeking God who takes the initiative to bring his people back, regardless of how lost or far off they are. And Jesus challenges his disciples, who have been shown this love, to apply the character and the desires of God to their relationships in the community, especially to those who appear to be on the margins. Not to look down on them, but to seek after them and to bring them back like the shepherd. This is an essential part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And this God in his love and grace, came as our shepherd in Jesus Christ. He even gave up his life on the cross for us, his wandering sheep. Christ died for us even while we were sinners. And he is truly our good shepherd. Unlike the disciples, unlike us, Jesus does not look down at his wandering sheep, at his wandering children. And our lives matter to him, even when we at times wander away. Losing one out of a hundred does not appear to be much of a loss to our eyes, but in the eyes of God, losing one, the loss of a single person, is a deep tragedy. And today's text reminds us that God cares not only for people like who are lost outside our community, but also for the marginal and the questionable within our own community. I think we sometimes find it easier to show grace to those who we seek to bring in than to those with whom we must work within the community and within the church. However, God's grace, his seeking and his care applies to all. And our mirroring of his care must be extended not just to outside, but also within our community. Going back to the story of Yena, you know, whenever I was tempted to ignore and to let go of Yena, I was reminded of the very reason why we started the camp. We started the camp despite the ton of preparation work we had to do because our lives were transformed by the message of God's amazing grace and love, and we wanted to share it with others. To us, this was a matter of everlasting life and everlasting death. And because of this, we tried our best to pour out our love to Yena and shared with her that God loves her more than anything. And on the last day of the camp, when we were saying goodbye to each other in laughter and in tears, Yena gave me a letter and she ran away. And I want to read to you a part of the letter this morning. 
Teacher Sam, I want you to know that this camp was the most precious time in my life. Right before I came to this camp, I almost fell into the temptation to commit suicide. I have a brother who was born with a birth defect, and ever since, I felt abandoned by my parents. I felt as if everyone hated me and that I was not worth anything. I even thought that God has abandoned me. But through this camp, God reassured his love for me and my heart has been healed. And I'm writing to you because I decided not to entertain those thoughts anymore. When God saw that Yena was wandering off, he searched for her all over the place. Yena, Yena, where are you? Come back to me. And when God found this little girl who, who she felt nobody wanted, he said to her with tears in his eyes, Yena, I love you. And he rejoiced and danced over her. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God is deeply in love with all of us, even the little ones. God is deeply in love with all of us, especially the little ones. So this morning, if if you're wandering and wavering in your faith, I pray that you know that God, our good shepherd, is seeking after you. And if you have a friend or a family who is wandering and wavering in their faith, I pray that you can rest and find comfort in the fact that God is seeking after them. And we get to join him in that work. So brothers and sisters in Christ, God's love and grace moves us to seek out his wandering children and to help restore them back into the community of faith and community of love and grace. And in all of this, may we walk with Jesus, our good shepherd. Let's pray together.